Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 272, our main event. Uh, do I have to do the whole spiel? They were friends, and now they're rivals. No, whatever. This is going to be, I think, a smash, and I can't wait to talk about it. But it's Colby Covington. He's 9,400, taking on Jorge Gamebred Masvidal at 6,800. Co-main event. I gave you the salaries early because how excited I am for it. Big favorite, Masvidal right where he should be, down in the basement. Um, Co-main event is... Rafael Dos Anjos taking on Hanato, Hanato Moicano in the co-main. That's fun because on DK we get two guys priced in the dumpster fighting for five rounds. We're going to talk about all of that and everything else on this card on Fight IQ. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me as always, the co-host, the analyst, really the important guys to this show. I mean, as much as I'm going to make fun of him the whole time. And Joe just starts starts the show on my bad side. Sending out mean tweets. You leave. You leave me and my proctology alone. Got it. Because because now every all the venom I have towards Chris, I gotta see. You don't make dumb picks though. Yeah, I know it's, it's hard. hard. It I, is difficult. I, I gotta see what happens. Anyway, these guys who are with me as always, Joe, also known in the MMA, MMA Twitter sphere as Sun Tzu, and Chris <laughs> at Real Chris Olson. Yes, Brian, I did. Ten minutes late. You know, it's funny. I beat Chris into the show lobby. Wow. He did. I, yeah. I take a. And I was I was the last one in as usual. Although, although Sean, I, I do have to correct you that the main event is not the biggest rivalry on this card. No, uh, it's no. not. It's, it's what? Not. No, you know what? That's it's the second. It's the second yeah. biggest rivalry yeah. on there. There is absolutely a bigger true. rivalry that has international ramifications. Bryce Mitchell and Logic. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just whoop. no, Agapova and, and the Iron Lady. I know. We we will talk about that one when we get the when we get there. Before we get to that and all the fights and all the break breakdowns, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Hockey's going now. Baseball, maybe one day it's gonna start up. We got content for that. <laughs> yeah. MMA, basketball, all the good stuff. Soccer, which you know I love. Get in there and check out the tools. Let's jump right into it, guys, because we have 13 fights. Knock on wood. Guys, guys, let, this is an MMA show. So one point I've got to make is that I, and again, no offense to all you guys who love baseball, um, I honestly hope that baseball doesn't start for a while because I see oh. that as probably the only way that we're going to get a Millie Maker again in MMA. Is with no with no baseball, um, so guys, look, maybe I I you know look I, I could appreciate your love of the game, and I used to love baseball a lot myself before I got into MMA. But like, give me a millie maker over baseball any day. Fair. I just like I like have more more contests to play. But anyway, let's talk about Dustin Jacoby at eighty six hundred 
Take on Mikhail Olegzhechuk at 7,600. I'm a little bit surprised in the line of this fight, quite honestly. Jacoby minus 195, Oleg plus 165. And I'm surprised. I know Oleg Jacek's had his ups and downs. I don't I don't rate Dustin Jacoby that highly. I mean, look, I, I, he's had a career resurgence. His first in the UFC, he lost two fights. He's back now with wins over Justin Ledette, Maxime Grisham, um, John Alon, and I'm forgetting one. Um, I'm forgetting one. And he had a draw against Kutalaba. Like, he's oh, Darren fine. Darren Stewart was the other one. Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mikhail Oleg I, I rate pretty highly. He's got losses to OSP and Jimmy Croup, but he's, you know, he beat Gamzatov. He's beat uh, Modestus, Modestus Buskaskis. He's, you know, beat Antigua Love. Like, he's got better wins on here. Like, to me, I thought Oleg Jayshuk would be the small favorite. I think he's got enough tools here. I'm picking Mikhail Oleg uh, and to me, I'm I'm one surprised the line of this fight, and I'm I mean pick him to be fair. I'm not saying Oleg Jacek is going to smash. I just I think he's a little better, um, and should be slightly favored. But why is this the first fight of the night? The rest of this card is not really good. You know who else doesn't like this card? If you go on Best Fight Odds, they have this fight card listed all week as UFC Fight Night 204. It's not listed yeah. as a pay per view card. It's listed as Fight Night 204. Like. Why are we here? This is this is borderline main card fight in my mind, anyway. But here we are kicking off the card with this. Uh, let's see who do, who do I want to go first for the main event? Because that's gonna who's gonna go first now. Hmm. You know what? I feel like Chris is more likely to say something outlandish in the main event. So let's start with Joe. That's uh, fine. Um, I'm, I also like uh, the Polish fighter here. Um, you know, 7.6K, I see some value. I'm not super high on Jacoby. Look, I, I like his camp. I like where he trains. Um, you know, he's beat some pretty underwhelming uh, competition. I think you you referenced it, Sean. Um, again, I think there's some value in Oli at 7.6K. Um, not a lot of hardcore analysis on this fight. I, I do think it's it should be closer to a, um, a pick em versus uh, where the line is currently at. So, I do see a, a small amount of line value in um, Ola Jacek. Um, you know, on any other slate, um, you know, it would be great to have a 7.6K fighter that you could get behind. But um, unfortunately, we have we have a, a, a big favorite at 7.3K. So people aren't going to be hunting line value as much, which likely means that Oli is not going to get the ownership he should get as a live dog. Um, so if you want to be contrarian, um, you know, you can you can use Oli in your lineups. But, um, you know, again, I do like him here. He's 16 and four um, as a fighter. I, I notice I notice improvements. Um, you know, Jacoby is 33 years old. Yes, he's got some, you know, he's got good win. He's got some wins, but the competition is pretty underwhelming. Um, you know, there was a nice win over Darren Stewart, but John Allen, unanimous decision, um, you know, uh, nothing big there. I mean, uh he was a minus 400 favorite in that fight, and he won a unanimous decision against, uh, you know, against John against John Allen. Where, you know, again, Mikhail Olejczyk, um, you know, my Polish brother in here, is 27 years old. Um, you know, Jimmy Chute is a killer. You know, I can't blame him for, you know, losing to uh, Olivian Saint uh, Ovin Saint Pru. Um, you know, split decision win over Bukowskis. Um, a nice uh, first round KO against uh, Gamtazov. 
at, you know, as an even money, um, you know, at an even money fight. So, um, you know, give me, give me the poll here and what I think should be a fairly even fight. The only thing I don't like that you just said, you implied 33 was old. That's well, I mean, that's, it, you know, it's hardful. Older it's hard fighter. I, no, it's not oh. old. Trust me, I take 33 in a heartbeat. Um, but but we can agree that 27 is six years younger. Well, I mean, yeah. can we, Chris, Captain Contrarian over there? Well, we can agree that that math is 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 an absolute. But um, but no, I actually do agree that. Um, and I think Oleg Zajic is is one of the more underrated fighters at uh, at light heavyweight. Uh, I love how fast he is. I love his body work and he's a finisher. Uh, I think he's finished all but one of his wins. I, um, when you look at his losses too, you got the one loss to Jimmy Cruz where he just went nuts and took him down like 12 times before he got a sub. The loss to OSP, uh, Oleg Zajac was lighting him up in that first round. And, uh, OSP actually made a smart little adjustment, sort of wore on him with his physicality and was able to get him to the ground and then actually engineered that uh, that Von uh, flu choke. So, I mean, the, people say that you have to get caught in that yourself, but OSP kind of does it where he actually takes your arm and puts it around his head. So I give him a little more credit for that than Oleg Sejcik, um, you know, just falling into it. But at any rate, um, you know, I've never thought too much of Dustin Jacoby. Uh, he's a decent kickboxer. Um, when he when he gets you hurt, he'll finish you. He's he's got good finishing instincts, but um, I like this fight because I don't think Dustin Jacoby will use that physicality. He's a kickboxer. He's gonna want to stand at range and kickbox. And Oleksiejek is going to be faster. Um, he's gonna mix his targets, like I said. And uh, I really like it here. I don't think he should be a dog either. I might make him a small favorite. Um, so I like the line quite a bit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take that that contrarian uh, ju- uh, play. Rather, because, um, you know, always like the fighter, think it's a good matchup, and think a finish is probable. So give me Oleg Sejic. Uh, I got to go to chat real quick because you got Nan talking about uh, 38 being the best age, peak power belly. Um, that's dead accurate because I'm 37 and I'm rocking I'm rocking the power belly. Um, and and Tashik, I, I got to say, it could not have missed the show Legends. I need to talk to him because I don't know if he's now just trolling who's ever putting the tweets up for UFC. Oh, I don't. It's, it's fantastic. It's, I, I, I got to get the origin behind Like, does he know the guy? Did it happen once? He goes, they didn't I do think, that. And now he keeps doing it. Like, I, I need the story. I think it was the last event where Paul Feller, he, he, did, he, re- he wrote something crazy. I forget what fight it was, but he wrote something crazy about, uh, you know, this fighter's up 2-0. And Paul Felder read it and he was like, I don't know about that, but again, you know, you never know with these things. So they're, they're taking them all seriously, and it's the most fun I have watching uh, the cards, especially that card. So we appreciate your service, Tajik. Uh, yeah, and I gotta see how I can. I, I mean, like, who do I have to to follow, or needs to follow me so I can get on some of these? Because you know what, if if Tajik's on there, spit spitting game, like I feel like we can get the MMA community in on this. Like, like we can have some fun with these commentators. Anyway. Um, and and Tajik, if you if there's a story behind how this is kind of spiraled, please send it to me or post it. I'm really curious, genuinely. All right, next fight up: Devonta Smith, 8500, taking on Ludovic Klein at 7700. Smith, the favorite, minus 155. Klein, the comeback, plus 135, minus 225. Fight does not go to decision. Who do I think will get a knockout? No. 
that's the whole breakdown here. Someone's going to fall. If you make me guess, I, I, I flip-flopped a few times in this fight. I'm kind of thinking Klein at this moment because I don't, I trust Klein's ability to take one more than I trust Smith's. Like if the first shot Smith doesn't land, doesn't put Klein out, which it could, cause he's got power. If they get into some phone booth brawl, Smith's more likely to get knocked out in my mind. It's just, I think Smith is a little faster. So he's probably going to land first. It's, it's that kind of fight. GPP fight only. Um, Chris, who you got? Yeah. Um, I agree that it's really close. The, the one thing that, well, not the, you know, maybe a carrying factor, not the only thing, but I kept coming back to the Karma Worthy fight where uh, Devontae Smith overextended on a punch. He paid for it once, and that was the end of it, which is a similar thing that happened to Sean Young. And uh, I would disagree with you a little bit on this front. I think Klein is a little faster. I, I think he's probably one of the fastest uh, in this division, The um, especially his counter combinations that, that – uh, that right hand, a head kick uh, from Sean Young was was blistering quick. He didn't even have time to recover um, from the first shot, and I really think that uh, that that could happen here again. I also think that Klein is going to be the one to wrestle if anybody does. We saw Malarkey really wear on Devontae Smith and get that finish. I think if anyone's going to be able to do that, it's Klein. I think that Smith is way more. Uh, Way more apt to just have a range kickboxing fight, and if the, and if that does happen, I think Klein is at the advantage there too because I think he's more technically sound. So I think he's technically sound. I think he's faster, but uh, you know Smith is, isn't slow. I just think Klein's a little faster, and I think that um, if they're going to have a range kickboxing fight, I got to go with the more technical. Uh, what I see as the faster fighter, and he has he has the wrestling in his back pocket if he chooses to go there. So I'm taking uh, Ludovic Klein. Joe, who you got? Yeah, uh, man, you know, I was kind of surprised about the aggregate ownership on this fight. Um, it's actually less than 40%, and, and that's probably due to the, you know, the plethora of options you have and the, you know, the high ownership in, in you know, the co-main event. Um, you know, and both fighters are, at least early indications, will be equally owned. Um, you know, I'm very concerned about how Smith was nuked in two of his last three fights. Um, now, you know, Klein, I, I guess it's too early to say he's 27 years old, right? I mean, is it too early to say he's a busted prospect? I mean, very impressive debut, um, you know, in the UFC, this guy is going to be a contender someday and, you know, laid an egg. Look, I think he won the fight against Trezano. I was on Trezano, so I was happy I got the D, but, um, I think he probably won that fight. It was very close, you know, and then he gets Anaconda choked by Nate Landwehr. So, I don't know if he's fighting for his job coming off of two consecutive losses. I think he'll be the more motivated fighter here. Um, I think he could probably catch Smith with something, um, you know, so I am going to go with Klein here, but I think this is a decent fight to target because I do believe that it will finish inside the distance. All right. Next fight up, move it on, move it out. Tajir Ulenbekov, 9,000, taking on Tim Elliott at 7,200. Uh, line on this fight, Ulenbekov's minus 240, Elliott's plus 195. I've heard so much this week about, look, and there's so many worlds that, that Ulenbekov um, doesn't have any wins in the UFC. I, 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 think, I think that's the final. And now he's favored against Tim Elliott. 
Mm, guys, it is, it's Tim Elliott. Do we, do we know which Tim Elliott's going to show up? Like, is it... I, I just don't trust Tim Elliott. Uh, a ton, ton of wins here. Like, I, I think... The problem is, if Tim Elliott doesn't have the grappling advantage, he's screwed. Does he have the grappling advantage here? No. So my analysis, nope. he's screwed. Um, give me Ulan Bekoff here. The problem with Ulan Bekoff in this fight is at 9,000, um, I'm probably just going to go ahead and roster Colby Covington. I'm more likely to roster um, Kevin Holland. Got Maria Agapova, who's less. Sergey Spivak. Like, it's just a tough, tough range that I don't think I'm going to have a ton of this fight overall. I am going to be on Ulan Bekoff, though, as my pick. And I think I'm going to catch a little bit of... Um, I'll get some... I'll get some leverage by being under on Tim Elliott, who is getting some some weird love, at least to me. Um, Joe. Yeah, so I am um, I'm on Tim Elliott here. Um, I I like that he, this is his second camp uh, with Kraus. Uh, I I saw a better version of even in a loss I saw against Nicolau, which was a tough fight. Um, you know, he went to decision in that fight. Um, put up 44 points in a loss, which at 7.7K is not horrible. He comes into this at 7.2K. It seems like he is not the bonus hunting Tim Elliott who lived in Las Vegas and, and you know, went out with, you know, Gina Danger, Gina Danger Mazzotti. Um, Ulan Bekoff, again, I agree with you. There are better plays at that upper salary range. And the competition that he beat, it was very underwhelming. I mean, um, uh Grapp grapplers far less accomplished than Tim Elliott um, took him down with relative ease. So I do think, you know, Elliott will be able to get him down. Um, you know, I think, you know, if, if it comes to cardio, uh, Ulebekov probably has the advantage. But again, I really like to see a fighter in his second fight coming off a camp change, which is why I like Elliott here. And again, you got you have another another guy at 7.2K that, you know, is going to get some love that you could give some love to, um, you know, the possibilities this week are endless, you know, um, it really is a week to spread, right? Like if there's ever a week, if anybody was sitting on the sidelines and said, you know, I'm waiting for the right slate to max out, um, to max enter, this is probably the slate. Um, but I'll take, um, I'll take Elliot. Um, I, I will, to Sean's point, be under market to Ulan Bekov, um, but I'm going to pick Elliot to win. Chris, who you got? So this is an interesting uh, scenario. I get to be contrarian while picking the favorite. I think 9000 is a really True. decent price for Ulan Bekoff here. I think that um, I can understand why people like Elliot because, look, if he's going to win, he's going to grapple. I mean, that's the only way he wins. And as Joe alluded, he has decent floors. But um, when he when he grapples, he throws himself into bad positions. And if you throw yourself into bad positions against Ulan Bekoff, you're going to get submitted. I think he's going to get submitted here. We've seen him dead tired when he does have to grapple. Um, he, that's why he slowed himself down. We saw him come out on fire against uh, Roy Val and then get tired and then get subbed. So he slowed himself down here. I don't think that Ulan Bekoff's going to let him slow down. I think this is going to be a very high-paced grappling fight. And I think Ulan Bekoff is just going to be a step ahead every uh, every step of the way. I, I disagree that I mean I I agree with Joe that uh, we saw a different Tim Elliott. I wouldn't agree that it was any better. Really, I still think he was getting tagged on the feet pretty hard. There there, there was a little bit of a sense where like um 
uh, um, who uh, who'd he fight? What's the name? I'm blanking. Tim Elliott? Yeah, who'd he fight? Who's the last Nicolau. Nicolau, thank you. I, I do think that, I do think that uh, Nicolau, what you saw from him, he was kind of confused about how to work his way into the fight because Elliot was doing these weird things like picking up his leg and then hopping on one leg and then throwing a kick and like knee shielding, a bunch of weird stuff. But I don't think that helped him in any way, really. I just think it, it sort of stalled out the inevitable. He took a lot of clean shots um, while he was standing until he decided to clinch. I do think actually that Ulanbekov stands upright. So leg kick to Tim Elliott might play here for a little while, but um, I just don't think he's going to escape the grappling here. I think Ulanbekov is way better, and uh, I think it's going to end up in, in a sub. So I'm picking Ulanbekov, and I think the finish comes first or second round. Tajik in chat with just this is just pure Colby Chaos Covington leaning into it. Just purely leaning into this. I, I love you, brother. I, 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 I love you. Best of my ability. I recommend listening to Couchside Judges podcast to understand how and why I score my fights a certain way. My tweets appearing on TV is absolute randomness. Well, I for so one, we will, we, we will, we will, we will uh, you know, you plug in, plug in your podcast. Listen, go listen to, to Couchside Judges podcast because. That uh, was great. That's uh, just, I love it. Love you, man. Expertly done. Expertly done. Maria Agapova, 8,800, taking on Marina Morose at 7,400. Agapova comes into this fight as a minus. Wait, wait, wait. Maria Agapova, whatever that shit is, comes into the fight as a Thanks minus signs. 180 favorite. Morose plus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up dead now after doing that. Moreau is plus 155. Um, Agapova 8,800. Moreau is 7,400. If I didn't say that, I think I did in the open. Um, I'm on the favorite. Agapova, she's more likely to grapple. As long as she doesn't gas, I think she's better. Moreau's is the definition of a casualty because of Moicano versus RDA. Like, I think I built my one my initial 150. I think it was like 3% Marina Moreau's, I think. So... Yeah, I'm on a gap. I'm on a gap of a... Joe. Okay, so this is what this is the fight I was referring to as the biggest rivalry fight. Um, for those of you that don't know the backstory and the narrative on this fight, um, you know, Morose, prior to Agapova's last fight against Mazo, essentially called her out um for you know getting kicked out of uh, the fight camp, you know, apparently threatening one of the fighters' wives with a knife. Um, you know, having the police over at her place, getting into car accidents. I mean, it, it read like a like a laundry list of what you don't. Wasn't want. Wasn't she a whore too? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't. I don't think I, I, that, I heard that. But like, she would definitely flirt with, you know, other guys where you know where their wives or girlfriends were were with them. So like all the bad narrative. Like, how is she training? What is she doing? Um, goes in against Mazo. Of course, I'm on Mazo. I totally buy into the narrative, and she nukes Mazo. I mean, just totally nukes her. And, you know, again, Moreau's now being the one who essentially called her out. Now, now let's further add to the drama here. Moreau's is the only fighter on this slate from, from U- Ukraine. So you know what's going to happen if she ends up winning this fight. She's going to come out with the new, with the Ukraine flag wrapped around her with, you know, I don't know if Rogan is doing this slate or not. Going to interview her. It's going to be very emotional. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of narrative and drama around this fight. Now, if the Agapova shows up who fought Mazo, Moreau should not be a problem. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Mazo should, I mean, Agapova should be able to just nuke her. Moreau should go for takedowns. And if she does and Mazo catches her coming in, um, you know, I could certainly see some pain here. Um, I like Agapova, but um, in case she kind of just, you know, cardio dumps, blows her water early, um, you know, comes out overly emotional um, and, you know, just has a dump, um, I could certainly see Morose being successful with her wrestling and, you know, putting it on uh, Agapova as the fight gets long. So I'm going to have both, both sides of this fight in DraftKings. I mean, but I do like... Um, I do like the beast that is Agapova here <laughs> and, you know, coming in and, and the way that she just nuked Mazo, who, you know, was an up and comer, um, you know, so I g- give me Agapova here at 8.8 K. Chris, who you got? Um, I, I liked Agapova in that Mazo fight. I thought people were being way too hard on Agapova for what was essentially a prospect loss, a learning experience um, that loss to, um, uh, Dobson. But here, I mean, I'm still picking Agapova. I don't know how many shares I'll have just because I really see um, Morose maybe slowing down this fight with like wall install. Uh, she's never been finished and it's going to be hard for Agapova to get much more than like uh, a cashy kind of vibe, especially on a slate like this where there's a lot of fights slated to finish. Um, I, I really don't love uh, her Tag for that reason. I think, you know, her awkward frame, her style, we saw her pace herself a lot. She throws well in combination. Um, she was beating Mazo. She was first one in. She was uh, last one out. Uh, it was it was a great performance. Um, and we can't forget, too, that Mazo was almost finishing that third round. By, by, or not Mazo, I'm sorry. Uh, Moroz was almost finishing that third round by Mara Brennan and Silva because Silva was just marching after her. But... If Agapova plays her, you know, conservative style that we saw her in the last fight, that shouldn't really be an issue for the gas tank. So, yeah, I don't really see this finishing. I don't see it scoring terribly high. Probably going to fade it uh, mostly, but I guess I'll have a couple shares of Agapova, but the fact that Moroz has never been finished uh, doesn't really bode well for me on a slate like this. So uh, the pick's Agapova, but probably low exposure to me uh, on this one. Talk about low exposure. Kennedy and Jake Wu, 8,400, taking on Nikolai Negaramanu at 7,800. Uh, line on this fight is Njekwu minus 140, Negaramanu plus 120. Uh, even though the fight is does not go to decision, is minus 190. I think they're going to get out of the first round. I, I just don't see it. Like, I don't. I, I think this is going to be a slow pace, kind of shitty fight. Uh, honestly, that's how. Whenever I see it in my head, unless Negramanu gets wild, you know he's gonna he's gonna commit three fouls to win a fight. That was him, right? Against um, uh, Sa- no, 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 he was the one Safarov. No, it was Safarov who abused him. Yeah. So I apologies to Negramanu. I still think it's gonna be an exciting fight. Um, I think Kennedy's more likely to end up with the big score, but again, I I have other places I want to go, and it's weird to say that for a fight with that inside the distance. Um, numbers, but I'm um, I'm just not there on this one. What is it, Sean? Uh, minus two fifteen with the finish inside the distance. Minus one ninety. One ninety. One ninety at the moment. Two fifteen is available on on Fanduel if you bet on Fanduel. Okay. Um, Chris, you're up first. 
Yeah, I, I kind of disagree just because of of how Negromanu uh, fights. I mean, the hands are, are they're either low or, or last time he brought them up, but they're wide to his, his face. So when he swings, he swings very wildly. Um, and to be countered in the first fight, in his, his first fight with the UFC, he just um, baited Villanova, in, Villanova into a war and came out on top of the war. Second fight, he was uh, facing Alexa Kamer, who doesn't really finish uh, at this level. We haven't really seen it. This fight, I think, is going to be different. I think um, I think Negromanu is going to come forward. Uh, we know that uh, Njuku keeps that high guard. Uh, Jung was able to get through it. I don't think Negromanu is going to be able to. I think a lot of those shots are going to bounce off the, the guard, and he's going to eat some really heavy counters here. I think... And Chuku has has a real good shot to finish this. Uh, Negromanu's grappling is terrible. He has like a 16% uh, takedown rate. I think he's gotten one in his career. And when he got it, uh, the fighter popped back up. So I'm not really worried about that. And and and, and, Juku, and Juku has had to deal with that for basically his whole career. He faced uh, Danilo Marquez, who kept trying to take him down. And then um, there's one other one in there. But... Uh, who got tired and then he, and then he finished him, but in in any case, um, yeah, I, I think Ajuku has a, has a, has a shot to finish this. I think this is going to be a scenario where he's not gonna he's not going to be able to fight at the slow pace he wants to because Negromano is always going to be coming after him, and I think that's going to pay dividends here. So um, there's a lot on this card. I don't know my my exposure won't be quite as high because of it. But 8,400, I'm going to take a couple shots because I really think he's got a, he's got a chance to do it. So give me Ntrukwe and give me uh, another knockout. So at least we're on the same side there. Yeah. Um, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to complete the trifecta. So um, I, I don't think Ngu has anything. Um, Negu, uh, you know, I'm not impressed with, you know, what he's done in the UFC to date. Um, the only reason why you're looking at 8.4K um, on Kennedy is because he got literally nuked by uh, by Jung in his last fight. Um, you know, scored a grand total of two DraftKings points. Um, he was coming off of a three fight win streak prior to that. Um, you know, I I you know I like him in this spot. I think he's sneaky. Um, you know, in his fight against Olberg, which was a decision, um, he he put up uh, 113 points. No, no, I'm not, sorry, it was not- a KO. Knocked out Olberg, yep. It was a KO, sorry, against Olberg. Um, put up 113 points. And just the, the odds of minus 215 for this fight to finish in the distance tells you that you have to target. And I'm going to say this several times, but on any other slate, like this would be a fight that would get a lot of attention for targeting. But because of the Comain, because of the, the Colby, because of some other spots on this slate, you know, just there's just not a ton of people talking about it. And I really do think, you know, Kennedy is a good, solid play at 8.4K. All right, moving on. We have to talk about – did I skip a fight? Again. Yeah, I skipped a fight earlier. Yeah, I skipped a fight because we didn't talk about Umar Nurmagomedov. He's 9,600. Oh, Brian – Cousin Umar. Yeah. Brian – well, who remembers Cousin Umar? Brian Kelleher, 6,600. Um, Umar Nurmagomedov. Is minus eight fifty. 
comeback on Kelleher is plus 575. The most interesting thing about this fight is Kelleher wants to come out with the Ukrainian flag. They wouldn't let him. Wants to come out with the peace, world peace flag. They wouldn't let him. Uh, that's really it. Look, I have been down on Brian Kelleher for a while. I did pick him the last couple of fights when he gets the, you know, gets the complete scrubs. But Umar Nurmagomedov is not a complete scrub. The only way Kelleher wins this fight is if he happens to catch an armbar, which we've seen him do previously. He's live to his sub. Good on him. He's from my neck of the woods. He's from he's from out here on Long Island. But sorry, bud. This is um, I don't think this is going to be your day. Come back at a slice of pizza and a bagel. Joe, who you got? Yeah, um, <laughs> cousin Umar is the 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 protege to or the cousin to Habib, um, probably the mo- most established fighter in the Habib camp right now. I love Kelleher. I mean, he like I think he's lasted in the UFC longer than many people have expected. And there were rumors that you know he was going to retire a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's thirty five years old. Um, you know, call him a gatekeeper. He's coming off of two, two fight winning streak. Um, but generally he does lose to the better fighters, you know, um, John Lineker, Montel Jackson, um, you know, Cody Stamen, Ricky Simone, like anytime he kind of steps up, he loses. He is good against average fighters. And that's not, I'm not disparaging him at all. Um, you know, like there's a place for him, you know, in the UFC to kind of test out you know, prospects that are up and coming. Um, but, you know, I think Umar is definitely the way to go. And I think, Sean, you were more referring to a guillotine, right? Not an armbar, because that's what, that's what you know, Kelleher is known for is his guillotines. Um, you know. Didn't he catch um... uh, yeah, Ray, uh, Ray Rodriguez in a guillotine, Odie Osborne in a guillotine, oh, wait, 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 Montel maybe, Jackson. Wait, I'm thinking Marlon, very... Marlon Vera armbarred him. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. He's, he's yeah. more known for his guillotine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, look, I, I love Kelleher. I'll have the odd share in case lightning strikes, but um, I really do like um, the Merger made off a lot here. And unfortunately, he is going to be very highly owned because if you play Dos Anjos, you could get him in most of your lineups. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Um. The last two, I had uh, contrarian favor plays where I actually like the person to get a finish here. I think Umar is not probably not going to score enough to uh, to make to make this oh. to to make me uh, pick him here. I just think that well, one we know that he's a more comfortable striker than um, than his namesake there. He's up on his toes. He likes to kickbox and throw kicks. I also think that. Uh, I think Kelleher is a good enough wrestler to, to kind of, you know, make that otherwise. I know that Ricky Simone got him six times. Other than Ricky Simone, he's never been taken down more than twice. And I don't see Ulanbekov really pouring on that pressure in the same way uh, in the same way that Ricky Simone does. Again, I, I think that he's going to want to stand there and kickbox for a little while. And I think that um, Kelleher is going to have a little bit more success moving around him in space. So – I, I like Ulanbekov to win. I mean, he's going to get his takedowns. He might even he might even be a cash play. He might score, you know, 96, 97, 93, something along those lines. But um, just don't think I can justify it. you're breaking it. up a bit. It's fine for me. Uh, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's uh, you breaking up a little there, uh, Joe. So, oh, Sean, Sean, you hear Chris? 
perfectly? Yep. Okay. And maybe it's me. All yeah. right. Well, well, in in any case, uh, yeah. So I I just I just don't see um, the big score coming here. I I, I think again, Keller is a good enough wrestler to to mitigate it at least a little bit. And you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential finishes here. A lot of big scores. I'm going to forego the 9500 in in a lot of spots. I'm not going to completely you know disregard anybody I like, but definitely going to be a little lighter on. Uh, Umar than I would ordinarily. Next up, Marina Rodriguez, 9,300, taking on Jan Jaunan at 6,900. Uh, Marina minus 275, Jan plus 220. Um, I'm seeing some love for Jan this week. Um, I, I just think Marina's a better striker. Like, it's just, it's kind of strength against strength here, and I just think Marina's better. Now, you, on a normal week, on normal week, Jan is probably a really good cash game punt. She's going to strike for three rounds. Should be a higher volume. She's live, and you know it's not ridiculous. But this week, don't need her, and I just think Marina's better. So give me uh, Marina to win a decision here. Uh, that being said, because I think Marina wins, it's probably not a great fight um, for GPP, honestly. And if you're making me pick for cash games, I'm probably going to take Jan anyway. But I don't, I don't think you need her because there's there's, you can have two fighters in your lineup for a total of 14,000 bucks. So you don't really need her. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I agree. Um, Before that fight was made, I was picking Jan for that reason. I still kind of like her just because she is going to strike a lot. But uh, we have seen her also get takedowns when she feels like she needs them. Kowalkowicz, she took her down five times. And, um, you know... I, I I get the feeling that um, the opponent's going to play on, on her back here a little too much. You know, she she's trying to be active from her back, tries to play jujitsu, but um, I it just it just never seems to work out. I think in, in the three fights she has been taken down, uh, three or four fights she's been on, she's been on the ground for at least three minutes in each of those fights, and uh, I think that that could pay big dividends if if she could get a takedown. She's strong for this division. And I also don't see Rodriguez as much of a finisher. You know, so the 9,300, I, I wouldn't really consider that. You know, Jan got finished by Carla Esparza by, you know, getting in a compromising position, grappling, and then finishing her that way. I don't think Rodriguez is going to do that. So I'll have a couple shares of Jan. I'll probably uh, fade Rodriguez about as fully as I would any fighter here just because I don't see the finish materializing. And um, that's someone we really don't need at 9,300 if she's going to give us, you know, 88 to 90 points. So uh, the pick is is Jan, and uh, we'll get a couple in in there for some leverage and just uh, some attributes I think she can uh, exploit here. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so I'm on the dog here. I'm on Jan. Um, you know, it's, it's not with a ton of conviction, but you're right. On any other slate, Sean, Jan would be the go-to play in cash. I don't think this is going to end in a finish. I think she could potentially win a decision here. Um, you know, Jan uh, beat Mackenzie Dern as a 165 underdog prior to that. Uh, she, you know, beat Michelle Watterson as a favorite. Both of those went to decision. Um, you know, interestingly enough, you know, she finished um, Amanda Hibas uh, as a plus 270 underdog. You know, uh, that won her 50K. Before that, she lost a split decision to Carla Esparza, a draw to Cynthia Calvillo. You know, a, a pretty dominant decision win over Tisha Torres, of, you know, which I lost some money on that fight backing Tisha. 
So I think I think you know she's a good fighter, but I just like the grit of of Jan, and I don't think that Rodriguez will be in a position um, to finish Jan. Um, you know, I, I like you know the camp. Um, I believe Jan is at Alpha Male. Um, you know, uh, Rodriguez uh, coming in from Brazil, I believe. Yeah, from Brazil. Um, you know, getting some good training partners. You know, working her wrestling game. Jan. So uh, I think this could be a pretty interesting fight. And I mean, at what? 6.9 K. Um, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the alpha male fighter here coming off a loss. Um, you know, her, her, what her first, Oh, her second loss, but her first loss, I believe in the UFC, um, you know, her first loss since, you know, uh, 2010, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, 2000. Yeah. 2010, her first loss since 2010 was against Carla Sparza. Um, she got crucifixed, um, you know, so back to the drawing board. I, I kind of like her in this spot. I'm not overly convicted, but um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be low on Rodriguez and in, in, in GPPs. And I, you know, we'll probably have some shares of Jan. Next fight up, Jalen Turner, 8,200, taking on Jamie Malarkey at 8,000. Line on this fight, Turner minus 150, Malarkey plus 130. Fight does not go to decision, minus 200. This is the mid-range fight I like because um, Malarkey just stands and throws. Turner's got power. Um, this one could go either way. You make me pick a side. I'm going to take Turner because he's more technical, a little faster. Malarkey tough as hell, though. I'm not going to count him out. I'm, I'm going to weight this pretty evenly. But if you make me take a side, it's Turner. GPP only fight. Chris, you are first. Yeah, I, I, I admit to um, underrating Malarkey a little bit in his career. I, I think I got fooled by all the, all the wrestling he did early. Uh, so he maybe felt he had to do that because he was up against uh, strong kickboxers uh, when he first came in. But, you know, he had a really, really strong performance against Devontae Smith before that. You know, of course, the quick knockout and um, – Really like his style uh, more than I thought he would. Kind of, kind of, kind of does the the um the throwback Gaethje thing where he sort of just marches at you. He'll eat shots, but um he thinks he can break the, you. And, and the he did throwback Gaethje well, thing—it's what Gaethje does now. Well, no, I mean, I mean, taking a lot of damage, and you know, Gaethje right. doesn't take so much damage anymore. But um, but but so he thinks he can break you. He did. The the reason why I'm I'm taking Smith here though is because the, or I'm sorry Jalen Turner here is because um I think the height advantage is is big here. What's it like? I think it's like four inches, four or five inches, and uh, I really think that's going to make a difference. I think he because he needs to get inside to try to break a fighter, um, and I think he's going to have a hard time doing that. Having said that, uh, Matt Favor was effective at trying to slow him down. Just by all the grappling, uh, Turner wasn't bouncing around quite as much by the end of that fight. So uh, so that is something to be aware of. But I just think that um, he eats way too many shots, uh, that being Malarkey. And the one thing in particular is that he dips his head a lot coming in. And he just, he's just begging to eat a knee from the much taller fighter in this spot. I wouldn't be surprised if this fight ends exactly in that way. Um, although I'm not calling for that exactly. But I do think that Turner has a has a shot to stop this fight. I think that um, I think the fight stops either way, but I think that Turner is just going to be able to tee off with uh, with the, the the physical advantages and also just being such a slick uh, combination puncher with with some power. So uh, give me Turner, but have both sides of this fight because I think it finishes. 
but I'm taking Turner. All right. I get. I can't believe I had to say this. Sergey Spivak, eighty-seven hundred. Hardy, seventy-five hundred. Uh, give a pick, dude. Oh, you didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Go so, ahead and tell us I'm, why. I'm, you're I'm going the other Malarkey. way here. Um, I really like what I've seen out of Malarkey. I mean, he was really on the precipice of being an Australian undercard fighter. Um, he was coming off of two losses. Brad Riddell and uh, Farah Ziami was a favorite in the Ziam fight. Um, and then, as an underdog, a slight underdog, he nukes Karma Worthy in the first round. Nice win. Was probably fighting for his job. Next fight, he's even a bigger underdog against Devontae Smith. What does he do? He not he punches him out in the second round. Um, I love the development. He's only, what, 27 years old. Again, a lot of fighters that are 27 on this card. You know, look, Turner, Turner is a good fighter as well. I mean, he's definitely the, the athletic fighter where – you know, Malarkey is, is kind of the, the lunch pail, blue collar, you know, type of guy. Um, you know, he's coming off of uh, three wins, but not against very good fighters. Um, you know, Kulabal, Brock Weaver, and, and Medic. I mean, is one of these three fighters still in the UFC? Uh, you know, I mean, his most impressive win was against Callan Potter, who isn't even a preliminary undercard fighter on the Australian regional scene. So, you know, lost to Matt Frivola. Um, look, I think this is an interesting fight. I think it's one you should target. I'm going to have some shares of, of Turner, but I actually like, you know, Malarkey at 8k here. I, again, this is just a card where there's so many different ways to go. Like if you're willing to take a stand somewhere or inversely play 150 lineups and just spread, um, you know, this is a great card for that. So I'm going to take Malarkey. I'm going to pick him to win, but I'll have a few shares of the tarantula. All right, now I can say Sergey Spivak's 8,700, Greg Hardy 7,500, and Sergey Spivak is the favorite at minus 195, Hardy plus 165. And the part I was alluding to, I, I can almost guarantee you I will never say this again, Sergey Spivak by murder. Look, I've been saying it for the longest time, Greg Hardy, this whole freak experiment of, of you know football player turned MMA fighter, it's just it's just not gonna work. And now you give him a now you give him a grappler, a halfway decent grappler. Yeah, no thanks. Give me Spivak, one of my favorite plays on the slate. This this POS is gonna cost me money probably, but objectively, looking at it, I don't see how Hardy wins this fight other than you know a lucky punch coming in. And he doesn't throw enough volume. He doesn't throw volume. He also is cutting a massive amount of weight. He's gonna get tired. Like, give me Spivak. And Joe is saying, if you're on Greg Hardy, I, I, I don't know what to talk, say here. No, I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell you how Hardy can win. Okay. And, and he, he did, he was the last fighter to make weight. I believe, I think he came in with like 16 minutes to spare or something like that. Um, obviously trains at a good camp. Um, he can win in the first three to five minutes, three to four minutes of the first round by just completely knocking the lights off of Spivak. I mean, he had Kai Tuivasa hurt. Um, you know, Tuivasa ended up coming back and, and obviously winning that fight. Um, you know, Spivak's, what Spivak should be doing, and I said this, I, I did creating Alphapod with Brett, with Brett Apley and, and, and Vert earlier, and I said Spivak should be wrestling when he comes out of the dressing room, right? Like he should be wrestling – as, should not get into any form of a striking exchange 
while Greg Hardy is still fresh, he should immediately go for the takedown, get him down, grind him out. That is his path to victory. If he gets into a striking exchange with Greg Hardy when the when the belt clings, he could be looking at a very painful and short exit. For that reason, it is worth having some shares of Greg Hardy. Um, I'm going to pick Spivak to win um, because I think he will, you know, uh, employ a reasonably intelligent game plan and and will start wrestling immediately and try to get Greg Hardy down and, and just kind of kind of wear on him and press him up against the fence. But if he does not do that, um, you're going to be holding your breath because, um, you know, Hardy has got power. So give me Spivak for the win. But you should also have a few shares of Hardy in case he does get that early knockout. He could be a slate breaker. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I guess you have to have some shares. But when you have a fighter who just isn't, just can't do anything on the ground, just looks like a fish when he gets taken down, and you have a grappler, I, there's no other way to pick it. The only thing you can say, I think, is that we've seen, um, we've seen. Uh, Spivak get absolutely melted by big punches before. It happened with Aspinall. It happened with um, Wolf Harris. But having said that, I don't even know if Hardy's even that big of a puncher. Not that he couldn't be. Not that he doesn't have power. But I don't know that he sits down on things. Usually he just quick strikes. I mean, he threw one big shot at, at, at Tai Tuivasa that hurt him. But the whole fight with Marcin Tybura on the feet, he was basically just you know throwing fast jabs and right hands at him. And then the second that you know, he got tired, he was just taken down and beaten. So unless he gets the quick knockout, like Joe said, there's no other way to pick this fight. Um, and hopefully this is the end of the Greg Hardy experiment. My God, how many more pay-per-views are we going to have to abide on the main cards uh, for this guy who's two and three in his last five? I like None of it makes any sense to me. I, I don't care about it anymore. The only thing that I'm glad about is no matter what happens at this point, he's not going to be fast-tracked anything anymore. That dream is dead, and thank God for that. Um, but I am going to take uh, Sergei Spivak by finish, um, and so is most of the rest of the world, which probably means he's going to get knocked out. But um, the pick is Spivak. Kevin Holland, 9,100, taking on Alex Cowboy Oliveira, 7,100. Holland minus 400, Oliveira plus 300. Look, Holland at minus 400 makes me nervous because Oliveira can get takedowns. We've seen him do it before, and if he, he, he if if Oliver goes in with that game planned, I mean, Holland jokingly says, "I can't stop a takedown." Yeah, it's funny, but it's it's kind of true, buddy. You can't you you can't stop a takedown. Um, so Oliver could do it. I just I don't trust him enough. I think at some point this is going to turn into a war, and that's where I favor Kevin Holland. So Kevin Holland is the pick, but I'm not super confident in it. But that that is the way I'm leaning here. Uh, this fight is for Chris first. Yeah, um, I kind of agree, except, you know, uh, prior to the headbutt in that Dawkins fight, he was doing pretty well defending him. Um, so maybe he's done, maybe he's a little better. It's not like Oliveira is like some of master of efficiency when it, when it comes to takedown. A lot of them are very like body lock heavy and, and Holland is a very tall fighter. Um, I think that a lot of the tools that Oliveira is going to have here like the, the range and the distance he covers, he's not going to be able to use that in this fight. I think Holland's actually taller. So it's going to be really hard for him if he can't get the takedowns. And um, if he can, he's probably better at jiu-jitsu uh, than uh, Oliveira. And I don't know that he's some a master control grappler 
either. So I, I don't know that that takedowns are like his his ironclad path the way it might be for a Derek Brunson or even uh, a Marvin Vittori. I'm not that I'm not that worried about it. Um, the only the only way that Oliveira really gets finished is is, is grappling. So a finish might not materialize. He's a hard fighter to knock out. In fact, I think the only one to do it in the UFC was. Uh, uh, oh, who's the Hawaiian fighter? The guy who's friends with the Diaz brothers. Yancey Medeiros. Yancey Medeiros. I in that in that wild fight, and and that, and that was after I think um, Oliveira got his nose broken. So the, the, it takes a lot. Um, I'm going to be a good fight. Not so sure about the scoring, but uh, I am taking Kevin Holland. But by the way, I, I Holland is definitely definitely a better BJJ player. He's a Travis Luter black belt. Like he's, he's no joke on the ground, but if Oliveira just wants to control him, I, I think he could. The problem is Oliveira is usually wants to have, I think Oliveira, you know, if, if you get heavy on top, BJJ, you know, I, I think he could do it, but that's not how Oliveira fights. That's the bigger issue is that just not, Oh, there's usually in these, these fun, exciting fights. He's going to stay active. He's not going to smother like Brunson. So I just don't see that playing out. I, I could, I could see Holland submitting Oliveira off his back. Could 100% see that yeah. at some point if they go there. Joe, who you got? Okay, so I got Kevin Holland by a mile here. Um, Oliveira has got has scored two takedowns in his last five fights. He's not a takedown artist. Um, he's not even particularly good at BJJ. What he is good at is fathering children. Um, above and beyond yeah. that, above I'm and beyond shot. that. Um, you know, this is like Kevin Holland is like, thank you, Dana White, for not giving me another wrestler. You know, Marvin Vittori, Derek Brunson. You want to know what Kevin Holland did after the Kyle Dawkins fight, the, the no contest accidental headbutt? He went out and he fought in a grappling match, Cody Hamron. Okay, so who's Cody Hamron? Not a household name. You know who knows who Cody Hamra is? Cody Hamra is Damian Maya's wrestling coach. He now he lost, but that shows you his commitment to getting better in wrestling and grappling. I'm going to go out and say Kevin Holland by submission in this fight. You mentioned he's a Travis Luter black belt. I think he's going to have a speed advantage. He's certainly going to have an athletic advantage. Um, you know, I would not be surprised if he actually took down Oliveira and subbed him. So Oliveira has been declining like like he fell off a cliff. Um, again, you know, with with all those kids to feed um, and and all his wives living on the same block in Rio de Janeiro, it's got to wear on you. Um, so I like him. He's a colorful fighter. But, you know, this is Kevin Holland saying, thank you for not giving me a wrestler like Derek Brunson and Marvin Vittori. Um, I see Holland getting this victory quite easily. Holland by submissions plus 600. That's my bet. There you go. All right. Next up. All right, we got. Let's see. I don't want to phrase this. Bryce Mitchell at eighty three hundred. Basic logic ninety five hundred. Now Edson Barbosa at seventy nine hundred. I just like picking on Bryce Mitchell, getting riling people up. It's fun. Just like poking the bear. Joe Rogan's gonna be there, guys. I like poking both sides. I'll poke, <laughs> I'll poke conservatives. I'll poke liberals. I like pissing everybody off. Anyway. Um, Mitchell minus 155, Barbosa plus 135. Everyone looks at the game law, you know, the, the history. It's a lot of people high on Bryce Mitchell, and I get it. He's, you know, he can grapple, he can go. No, Edson Barbosa's older guys. I just, 
I think this is a little bit too much too soon for Bryce Mitchell. I think the camo is going to be 0-1. I think this is a good, um, you know, maybe he's about here. You know, you beat, what, Charles Rosa, Andre Feely. I don't know. I, th- I feel like Barbosa is just, just a, a notch a notch too far here. Um, and we know Barbosa still has it in that, you know, he, he knocked out um, Shane Burgos. Yeah, he lost to uh, Chikadze, who... That striker versus striker. He lost a striking match. He's a way better striker than Bryce Mitchell. Just don't get taken down. And Edson Barbosa is not an easy guy to take down. He just isn't. Um, so I'm taking the upset here. Give me Edson Barbosa by split decision. I think it's going to be a close type of fight. I will say even with that pick, Bryce Mitchell's the better DraftKings play. Because if Bryce Mitchell wins, it's because he can get the takedowns, control time, maybe a submission. Like If he wins, he's going to put up a bigger score than Barbosa willing to win. Unless Barbosa finds a knockout, but I don't think he'll find it early. So uh, Barbosa is my pick. Joe, who you got? By the way, real quick, uh, just note that the last fight, Kevin Holland-Oliveira, is at 170. So Kevin Holland is actually coming down from middleweight to fight at 170. That that was something that we should have mentioned. Um, I I generally, as a rule, do not like to bet on fighters whose family tree doesn't fork. And that is certainly the case with Bryce Mitchell and his theory about aliens coming down to uh, the U.S. I don't know if you guys noticed that when he had his arm out, he had a bruise on his arm and you know, people are saying that it could potentially be a torn muscle. What I really think happened is that bruise is from the recoil of an illegally modified AR-15. And that's what really <laughs> happened. And that's how he got that bruise on his arm. So, uh, yeah, um, definitely not a candidate for Mensa. Um, you don't want him tutoring your kid in math. Yeah, um, speaking of Mensa, you know what somehow he's managed to do? No one is talking about how he once got his nuts caught in a drill. Well, no, no, it was a nail gun. He shot shot his ball off with a nail gun. He's he's literally a ball down. Um, So anyway, look, I I backed Barbosa against Chikatse because I was never a Chikatse guy. Um, And finally, I got rewarded by by the way that Cater just kind of pieced him up. Um, But man, um, you know, I'm worried for Barbosa here. If, If Mitchell gets him down... It's going to be a long, long day. I mean, I saw the fight, and my initial gut instinct was, you know, Barbosa has fought the who's who. I mean, he's fought really tough guys. Kevin Lee. I mean, he's fought tough fighters. I mean, who can forget that beating that he put on Dan Hooker? Oh, my God, that was one of the worst beatings, the leg kicks. Um, If he can fight at range, he definitely can win this fight. But I just don't think Mitchell is going to let that happen. I think Mitchell is going to get on him. He's going to get him down. And that's going to be it. So I think you should have a few shares of Barbosa in case he can fight at range. By the way, this is a T-Mobile, so it's better for a range fighter. The octagon is a lot larger. But I really do think that Mitchell's going to be able to get him and employ his wrestling and win the fight. So I'll take Mitchell for that reason. My heart will be with, again, with Barbosa. I don't like to bet guys whose family tree don't fork. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where I'm at here. Chris, who you got? Yeah, um, I like Barboza. I, I agree with most of what you said, Sean. Specifically, that you know he's not easy to take down, especially in space, which is where most of Bryce Mitchell's takedowns come from. He's got really strong hips. His sprawls are really good, and Bryce Mitchell doesn't really push a crazy pace like that. Instead, what he does is he'll throw a big strike and try to come in behind it and go for a takedown. 
a lot of the reasons why uh, uh, people, and I think I was one of them, I'm, I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure, picked Barboza to beat Habib at the time, was Habib didn't really push a pace like that, but he came out really frantic in that fight, was able to carry it, was able to take him down. If Mitchell can make an adjustment like that, that's a different story, but he's going to have to show me that. Um, as you alluded off the show, and this is way, way big of a jump to anyone that uh, Mitchell has ever beaten before. But one thing I do have to agree with you, I uh, disagree with you rather. If Barbosa wins this as dominantly as we think, that is to say he stops the takedowns, et cetera, et cetera, I think a finish is coming because he's way faster, he's way more powerful, and if he can stop the takedowns, I just don't see how Bryce survives. I mean, I, I, I very much doubt he'll have ever felt what Barboza will do to him, if that's the case. Most of his fights recently are, are just a bunch of ground fighting. It's not that it's not as though we've seen him be tough in there before. Not really. He hasn't had to be. Um, I don't think that he's prepared for what Barboza is going to do to him if what I think and what you think is going to happen, happens. So I'm taking Edson Barboza. I'm betting on a finish and... Um, you know, maybe beat some sense into that uh, head of Bryce Mitchell. But uh, I no on Barboza here. I don't hate it. And then, and then after after that fight, you finish your French fried potatoes, and we're gonna settle in for the co-main event here. It is Rafael Dos Anjos at seventy-three hundred taking on Hanato Moicano at seventy-two hundred. By the way, everybody who is who leans. Towards the end, I'm hold on, Matthew. Towards the right, d- d- don't worry. I'm, I'm going to make a lot of pro-right jokes during the uh, Covington fight. So, like I said, I'm an I'm an equal opportunity offender. I don't want to get any hate messages. Um, Dos Anjos Moicano, 7,300-7,200, five-round co-main event. Um, if you don't stack this fight, uh, go ahead and take my cash games. Just just take my head-to-heads, bring them all here. This is where you start. This is the first thing you do. Somebody from this fight at this price is going to win a five round fight. Excuse me, could it be so I just I tried to move the microphone. Um full camp? I'd like Moicano. I I still like Moicano. I think RDA there there is a reason why when RDA needed a last minute replacement, everybody and their mother wanted this fight. Because he is one and two in his last three. He's not fought in a year and a half. That one win was, yeah, it was a dominant win against Paul Felder, but Paul Felder is retired now. He wasn't, there's, you have a good, and the other one before that is Kevin Lee, also not in the UFC anymore. There is, this is a good chance to make a name off of a guy. RDA is in the back end of his career. Not that he's not talented. He just, just is. Moicano has holes in his game, yes, but he can grapple, he can submit, he's a good striker. The problem, I think, is the pace. Um, RD is going to have some extra weight because it's a catchway fight to try and stop, stop them, some of these takedowns. Um, it's a close fight. I'm still leaning towards Moicano, the younger guy, I think, with more paths to victory, but it's tight. I'm going to stack it in cash regardless. And the reason why I actually like Moicano is everyone's picking RDA. And I think it's a close fight. So I'm going to go ahead and, I mean, RDA is going to be super chalky at, at what the fight is. Um, you know, RDA is minus 160, McConnell plus 140. Th- this fight, like, this fight should be 100% owned, by the way. And I think it's in every single one of your lineups. Somebody in this price range is going to win a five-round fight. 
I I right now I'm leaning 60-40 Moicano. I'm going to be like double the field Moicano. I think there's lev- I think it's a leverage spot here. RDA is going to be popular, and I'll still have 40% RDA. I'm not going to be like dead. I just think this is a spot to exploit. I'm I'm just convinced there's a reason why everybody wanted this fight. There just is. I think RDA, the twilight of his career, hats off to him, but um, we'll see if this is the beginning of the end. If it's not here, it's coming. I'm going to continue to pick against RDA. Um, Chris, you're first. Yeah, I agreed with a lot of, uh, of your premises, and then your conclusion, you kind of lost me. Um, okay. it, it's going to be a five-round fight. Um you said submit, but who submits RDA? That doesn't really happen. Um, more he has, I meant more he has multiple paths to victory, multiple tools. He's not a one-dimensional fighter. Oh, no, I know, but he doesn't really knock anybody out either. And so if, if, we, if we eliminate those two options, that means he has to win a five-round decision on, you know, five days' notice, coming from Brazil, hasn't fought in three weeks a month. I, even if I thought he was the better fighter, which I don't. I wouldn't. I would have a hard time with it. Uh, but now I, I could never see it. I think. I think if we're talking betting, I think, and I could might eat my words here. I think minus one sixty is a gift. I really do. Um, and and I do agree with me, which never happens. So you know that that's that's a that's a spot on uh, read right there. But um, all right. So to take it back to analyze the fight a little bit on its own merits, I think that. Um, Look, the, the fight against Alexander Hernandez, I was wrong about it. It doesn't convince me that Alexander Hernandez can't be broken. I think that at the end of that first round, Hernandez was pouring it on a little bit. Credit to Moicano. He came out in the second. Alexander Hernandez helped him. He lunges into a lot of his shots, ate a lot of hard counters. RDA is not going to do that. He's always been a, 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 a good fundamental boxer. Less than 3.3 strikes absorbed per minute. Way much, way better defensively. His pressure is way better. I think that he can break Moicano here with consistent pressure. He's not an elite wrestler. He's not going to be able to just take RDA down and hold him there. I, 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 I just don't see it happening. And again, even if he can do it for one or two rounds, he's got to go five. If, if he finishes RDA, so be it. Take my money. I don't see it happening. I just don't really see a lot of paths from Moicano here. I'll be very honest. If he can win a five-round decision, then I underestimated him, and he deserves my praise. I'm sure he'll be very happy to hear it. But um, I'm sure he'll care. Oh, who's that but, guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, him? I've been waiting for that my whole life. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I, I really think this is RDA's fight. Uh, he might get a late finish on a gas Moicano. He might break him early in the second with, with shots. This could be, you know, I, I don't actually hate a RDA KOTKO here, and I'm sure that would pay you a lot because he's only got a couple of them. He's only got three or four in his career. So I'm sure that would pay a lot. But uh, under the circumstances, I wouldn't absolutely hate it. I just don't see path. For Moicano under these circumstances, so my pick is RDA. Holy no, shit! I can't believe my. I'm agreeing with almost everything that Chris says. Th- um, it doesn't li- pay this, that much. Be- this line is before a gift. I throw it to you. This, b- before I throw it to you, because I was going to do, do, do my middle here, is you're forgetting. I mean, you're talking. You, it's your premise, Chris, that just Moicano can't win a five round decision because you're assuming he's out of shape, or just because it's against RDA. He's I mean, never fought five rounds. 
but he can't win. It. He 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 outstruck a very high. He he won a three round high pace fight against Calvin Cater, and and that's what I used as a basis to pick him against Chikotse. <laughs> but Calvin Cater has got no wrestling. Calvin Chik- Cater's got Chikotse, no grappling. Chikotse on the feet bombs RDA, but like bombs no him. No way. Yeah. I want to see that fight. Chikotse sure. destroys RDA on the feet. R- RDA would would make Chikotse relocate back to Eastern Bloc. I I'll mean, do this fight next. Do this fight next. We get another T-shirt bet because yeah. I, so anyway, anyway, it would be it would be it would be it would be the same thing where RBA yep. the pressure would break Chikadze just yeah. just my, my, yeah my turn here like this everything about this favors RDA the short notice for Moicano and look I like Moicano but kids boys and girls recency bias okay Alexander Hernandez is not a good fighter. I was all over Moicano. I actually predicted Moicano by finish um, in that fight. Um, but Moicano has had his chin tested since moving from 145 to 155. RDA, on the other hand, has been fighting at 170, has gone five rounds. Um, he moved that back to 155. This fight is a catch weight at 160. He's been training for a five-round fight. Uh, I Look, I... I have not decided yet, but I am leaning towards not stacking this fight in cash because I don't think Boykana will score enough. Um, you know, I, I do get that it is, you know, based on the savings of, um, you know, 1500 bucks. Um, I'm sorry, $1,700. Um, you know, it's probably a good fight economically to stack in cash. Um, but, like, I really do like RDA a lot here. I don't understand the line movement. I don't understand the money coming in on Boykana. I am poised. If I could get even better odds, um, I'm poised to make a really large wager on RDA here because um, I just can see him winning so many different ways. So, you know, give me RDA. Let's move on to the main event. My food is almost here. We're racing the DoorDash driver. But by the <laughs> yeah. way, you make a max bet on a 37-year-old 155-er. Just, just, just – Price at 160. <laughs> Still. Fair, fair enough. Just that's the only piece of caution I'll throw out there. All right, Colby Covington. I, one of these days he's going. You know what? I've given up on, on Walter Waite. Soon he's going to make middleweight great again. Colby Covington minus three thirty-five. Jorge Masvidal plus two sixty. Uh, line on this fight is those obviously that's the line. Um, Ninety-four hundred for Covington, sixteen hundred for Masvidal on DK. Colby, Colby Covington, in all seriousness, has has the potential to be the unluckiest non-champion elite fighter of all time. Kamar Usman is approaching goat status. He's got to do more GSP still in the in in, in in that division, but he's up there. He's in the conversation, no holds bar. And you know. Covington's given him tough fights. The second one, not nearly as close as the first one. The first one, before he got finished, you could argue Covington won. Um, you know, great fights, and I think we all know, and Dana said it, if Usman has said it, if Usman's not there, Covington's the champ. The state of the middleweight division, I believe that if not for – that I believe that Covington could beat Israel Adesanya, could, could beat Izzy. I think that. I think his style brings it. The wrestling's there. I, I, I just, I think totally he could beat him. But I think, and I think one day Covington's going to challenge for the 185 title because Adesanya, um, because Adesanya, because he's not going to beat Usman. The problem 
is who do you think, by the time Covington gets that shot, who do we think the champion's going to be at 185? I think at some point, I think another hype train's going to be up there. I think that Hamza Chemaev at some point is going to go oh, up Oh, he could probably, yeah, yeah. Probably, that would make sense. Yeah, so I think that Covington is going to have two losses to Uzma at the end of his career and a loss to Hamza Chemaev for the 185-pound title. With, with Izzy floating around. Like, I just, I see it all happening that way and Covington crying the rest of his career. I say all that as preface because, to me, that's more exciting than the breakdown to this fight. <laughs> Jorge Masvidal's done a great job marketing himself. Um, you know, how does he have this much steam before, you know, he beat Darren Tell, Ben Askren, Nate Diaz? What? But uh, that's it? That that those are his well, wins. and and Leon Edwards kind of. Yeah, Leon Edwards kind of. But the yeah. marketing's there in the cage. He's a journeyman fighter. He's smart marketing guy. He's fun to watch. I'll give you that. He's he's up there. It's not saying he's a scrub, but he's he's made the most of his situation. This outside of Allah, Ben Askren again catching him with something coming in. Covington takes his lunch i won't say takes his girl because those videos are cringe but 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 just takes his lunch eats it does anything he wants to in the cage like masvidal has got to land something big i won't say fluky because it's mma but it is a long shot he does it here and thankfully i don't have to stack this fight because i got the other fight to stack that's the other reason why i'm making the co-main joe and not because i don't have to stack this so give me um covington and with the co-main event, you can afford him pretty much any way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, who you got? Covington. <laughs> no analysis yep. needed. Covington. Joe's food is coming. No, yeah. it really is. It's actually here. <laughs> it's actually here. But no, no, and it's it's cold though, so I don't need to really rush. But no, no oh. analysis needed. Covington. Well, well. So let me just say, I don't know if anybody ever heard talking about uh, his girls there, but Brennan Schaub told some tales out of school with because uh, he was on the food truck diaries. And I think when Cejudo was on there, he said that uh, Covington was asking the girls to, like, put his arms around him and stuff. And they were like, hell no, we're not doing that. Like, they literally told him they would, which I think is pretty funny. Okay. But um, when we when we talk about the fight, yeah, it's Covington. Uh, like, uh, a lot of what we would say about the first Usman fight applies here. He puts his back against the fence. Um, the one thing you could say is that, He's a good scrambler, and Covington doesn't really control great scramblers. So he's going to have a lot of uh, get-ups maybe, but that just gives us more of a point total in uh, DK, I think, when, when Covington takes it down. Um, yeah, I, I, you can't really see it unless he catches him cold with something, which could happen, but, you know, probably not. The pick is Covington and probably um, with a lot of his trademark good DraftKings scores. So there you go. All right, hot takes if you are new or you know passed out, waking up now. Give us something unexpected you think to happen for the card. Read a couple on the air. I'll also do the read now as you guys type those a week before we do ours. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all the premium content, no credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe to everything, Twitter, iTunes, YouTube, all the good stuff. Hook us up, guys. We appreciate all of you. I'm going to say... My hot t- I'm not going to go towards Mike Hano. I thought about it just to continue to rile uh, Joe up, but I'm not going to do it. Is it, it – you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do this as a hot take. Mikhail Oleg Jayshuk, we're going to start the night, 60-second bonus. 
Wow. Wow. It's hotter than my take, which I already gave Holland by sub plus 600. I like it. Uh, I am taking Ludwig Klein plus 300 and change for the knockout. But I like before I go, can um, can I can may I read uh, Tajik's one million dollar parlay here? Go ahead. <laughs> for six for six dollars and sixty six cents to win a million, it's Ludwig Klein by points is plus four sixty. Ulanbekov to win by sub in rounds two or three plus six fifty. Umar to win in, by sub in rounds two or three plus six hundred. Jan by points. Jan Jaunan by points plus three hundred. Greg Hardy KO TKO in round one plus four seventy. And Jorge Masvidal to win by KO TKO in rounds four or five plus two thousand. And if that all comes in, Tajik is a millionaire. You are the goat if that comes in. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that 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 would be big time. One other hot take we'll read. Uh, non. You know, first thing I said, no, not that one. Joe, I mean, he just he just had Peter Mantis tacos. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Got to read non. No, non says two decisions on the card. Rest inside the distance. That would be a very very high scoring card. That is definitely a hot take, guys. Good luck in your contest. Thank you for joining us. Like, comment, subscribe. Joe, enjoy the tacos. Peace. See Have everybody. a good one, guys. <laughs>